Hey everybody, welcome back to Gone Outdoor Radio. You are listening to Kello News Talk and KWSN in Sioux Falls and KFGO, the Mighty 790 in Fargo. And you are listening to Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri of Brewer Agri Outdoors. And we are going to chat with a friend of ours, Scott McIntoon. He is an author. He's an outdoor educator. He is also the Hutchinson Area Fisheries Supervisor for the Minnesota DNR. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing well. It's good to be talking with you guys. Yes. Every time we talk to you, we learn something. Every time we talk to our listeners, learn something. You had made a post here the other day on social media, which caught my eye. And it's something that I've always wondered because I am not very good at it. There's a lot of people that are good at it. I'm not good at it. And that is sunfish identification. You know, we are getting into prime sunfish crappie time right now. Uh, March is some of the best ice fishing of the year. And even though there are some areas of the state that ice is going to be a little sketchy for for March, there's going to be a lot of areas where it's going to be pretty good, I think, based on the weather patterns. Um, And panfish really take center stage. So I figured this would be a good time to talk about it. How many different kinds of sunfish are there in Minnesota? Do you know that? Yeah, we have seven different species um, that will group up together. Uh, six, if you're counting the the genus Lepomus, the seven, if I'm throwing in the uh, the rock bass with the sunfish grouping, and that's keeping. These are all in the centrarchid family or sunfish family, which also includes crappie and the black basses. So we've got quite a bit of diversity. And if you're looking at all those fish, to look closely at them, they've got a two part connected. Uh, dorsal fin with uh, uh, spines on the front and soft rays on the back. That's unique to all those fish in that family. But we are blessed. You guys hit the nail on the head. Uh, Minnesota has great panfish opportunities and lots of uh, of sunfish. It's kind of the people's fish, right? You get to go out and fish for it, even though most of these Midwestern states, they you know, they really talk about walleye being the king. But uh, when we look at the creel numbers, the angler harvest numbers, more people are targeting panfish, in particular sunfish. More people are harvesting them. It's kind of the people's fish for fish fries. But, uh, you know, in Minnesota, we've also seen that uh, it's, a, it's a good fish to provide trophy or large fish opportunities on just because being in the northern part of their range, they do grow uh, slower, but they live longer. So uh, given more time, we do try to cater to all different types of anglers, including those that want to catch bigger fish. So we do have a few places that have special regulations in place. Yeah, and I was just going to say, that's something that the DNR is now working on by implementing uh, special regulations on a handful of lakes throughout the state to see how it all kind of goes, to see see what changes are happening to the fish populations. How many lakes have those special regulations? Right around 200 lakes uh, is what it's settled out to, and that is geographically represented pretty fairly across the state you know there's probably not a lot in southwest minnesota just because we don't have great sunfish habitat down there but yeah all across the state it's just the idea that hey we have the right sort of conditions you know historically in survey catch or anecdotal information you know the growth it's nice when you have faster growth but growth isn't always the, the biggest thing it's it's just giving those fish time and uh, if we can limit the harvest enough and there was good research in minnesota wisconsin and other states that uh, if we can limit that harvest enough, you gotta you gotta take a little bit of pain, right? We have that twenty fish bag uh, in Minnesota dropped down from thirty. When I was a kid, it was always thirty. Then in two thousand three, it dropped down to twenty. 
Uh, and we've even found cutting down to five or 10, a, a 50% or 75% cut in your bag. That's drastic. It is. You don't get to keep as many as you used to, but the payoff is there that more fish uh, are given time and the opportunity to grow larger. You know, Scott, you, you're right. You don't get to keep as many with the reduced bag limits, but I think the realization for a lot of folks too is that we maybe don't need 30 fish to make a meal for our family. We can make a fish, uh, a fish fry, a fish meal with, you know, five or 10 fish if we, if we choose the right one. So I think it's all about adaptation. Hey, I got, I've got a question. I'm kind of a, a trivia junkie and uh, my logical brain also, as I grew up, I was big in aquariums. And, and so having the, the species identification is always something that's on my mind. Did you say there were seven species of sunfish in the state of Minnesota? Is that right? Yep, that's correct. So uh, you can, you and I are going to be plugged in the same group as having aquariums, keeping native fish when we were kids, and being fish geeks. And uh, that that identification, you know, like like Scott was talking about, there was a little angling buzz clip that I I shared recently, where a few years back I was out fishing with some of those folks, and we did a little segment on fish identification. It's kind of interesting for anglers. Uh, we are, when we talk about fish identification, uh, fish biologists talk about meristics. That's the quantitative measure of features used in fishery science for identification. So we're looking at specific things. Everybody kind of says, well, it's, it's this color or it's got, you know, it's, everyone loves to look at color. Well, I can just tell that, that, you know, it's got this orange breast or it's got this or it's got that. We have to be able to look at things and measure them or count them and quantitatively tell these fish apart. So the best thing is going kind of through a dichotomous key. And a lot of times what we end up doing with the sunfishes is looking at the gill rakers. So I know uh, we just have a couple of minutes. I'll try to go as quickly as I can through these seven species. If you know, a lot of folks are familiar with rock bass, you know, the, the big old Google eye, red eyes, Northern part of Minnesota, 10 or 11 dorsal spines. That's the dead giveaway. If you count the spines on the dorsal fin, they have 10 or 11. The other sunfishes are going to have less. If you're in extreme southeastern Minnesota, fishing on Minnesota or uh, Mississippi River backwaters, you may come into contact with warmouth. Uh, those have a tooth patch uh, on their vomar, kind of the middle of their tongue, where there's teeth on their tongue. The other sunfish do not have that. If we look at sunfish that have uh, short and rounded pectoral fins, that their length is less than four times the length of their base on those pectoral fins, that's where we find the northern sunfish and the green sunfish. Uh, and again, if we're, we're looking at those, the, the northern sunfish has short gill rakers that are knob-like and crooked. The greens have uh, longer gill rakers that are straight and pointed. So what are the gill rakers? Well, if we're looking at a gill, right? We're looking, we're pulling back the gill cover, looking at the gill, the whole gill arch, the red filaments are in the front, and in the back are those white gill rakers, and they're differently shaped to accommodate the different diets that these fish are specializing in what they eat often dictates what their gill rakers look like i'll round out the rest here give uh pumpkin seeds these now we move over to fish that have long and pointed pectoral fins those pumpkin seeds have short and knob-like gill rakers they usually are specialists on snails and mollusks if you've got long gill rakers that are at least two times longer than wide that's where we get bluegills right they have great big long uh, gill rakers that are pointed and they have uh kind of uh, that distinct dark blotch at the backward base of the dorsal fin. Those are your bread and butter, most common bluegill sunfish. And then the last one, a few folks may run in 
these in really impaired waters, kind of like where you'd find green sunfish, but orange spotted sunfish, really blunt gill rakers. Uh, and they kind of don't have that distinct dark blotch at the back end of that dorsal fin. So I know that's a lot to throw at people, but we're looking for specific things to tell these fish apart. So real, real quickly, because we only got about 30 seconds left. As far as the angler goes, they are all managed under the same limit. So That's correct. So they're all yep. managed that way. How about their administrative through the DNR? Are they managed the same that way too? They are by and large. You know, when we look at the Creole, we're really only observing a few fish. That's the bluegill sunfish, pumpkin seed sunfish, and some green sunfish. And uh, interestingly, we come across a lot of crosses. We actually like to see those, right? Um, that's where we have two species that are crossbreeding, and then we get that hybrid vigor or heterostis when those those fish really take off. I know one of our uh, bluegill, or excuse me, sunfish managed lakes with a reduced limit has both pumpkin seeds and bluegills, and we do see some crosses that uh, grow into real dandies, 10, 10, 10 and a half inches. And I've heard that before, and I think I've seen it before that those hybrids like you're talking about um, can be some of the biggest ones in the lake. They can, they can be hard to tell apart just because we do see those phenotypic or, you know, physical characteristics uh, that, that look like two different fish species. You see a little bit from both parents and that uh, you have to look very carefully to be able to tell what the two contributing parents were. All right. We're talking with Scott McIntoon. He is one of the DNR's fishery supervisors in Minnesota Thank you so much for coming on Gone Outdoors and giving us a little education. Always fun to talk to you guys. Enjoy that late ice and early open water. Get after those panfish. The season never closes. You too, my friend. Stick around. We'll be back with more Gone Outdoors after the short break. 